In the Wild West world of podcasting, there is one podcast that is authentic and genuine and continues to stand tall in its originality. Based on a passion for his guests, their work, and his love of podcasting, Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast get amazing, diverse, unique guests found nowhere else. The variety and quality are endless. There is something for everyone. Derek Thomas is the hero you deserve. He's a silent guardian, a watchful protector. Welcome to Monday Morning Critic Podcast. Here is Derek Thomas. Julie Pearl, and you're listening to the Monday Morning Critic. So, are you? Um, did you grew up grow up in Chicago and I did. B- born and raised? Born and raised in the suburbs of Chicago, um, and stayed there till I was 18, and came out to California for school, and then went about a year after graduation, went back to Chicago for I don't know eight or ten years when I was really beginning my career. I feel like people don't understand how prestigious Chicago is as far as acting. We throw in like second city and like all this other stuff. Like it's like, it's, it's a really, a a real hot spot. When you talk about school, Julie, tell me what you mean by school. So I'm dying to hear about your education and your progression as you move along. So I will start with, I was part of, um, I guess I could almost call it a semi-professional theater company when I was a kid, the Piven Theater Workshop. Gotcha. You would know Jeremy Piven or Shira Piven, Um, and her parents ran, their parents ran um, this theater company, this theater school in Evanston, and it was the best training, uh, like, uh, across the board of anything I ever did. It was all based in story theater, and it was, it really taught you ensemble and the beginnings of, like, everything we learn in acting school, we learned with them. Mm. Um, and Joyce and Byrne were just an incredible mentors for me. Uh, then I came out, um, I came out to university of Southern California for college, uh, for university, which at the time now, you know, kids go everywhere. But when I was coming out to USC, there was like three kids from where I grew up. It was like a big deal. Right. Um, and then I stayed in California. I stayed in Los Angeles for about a year after school. And then I went back to Chicago. And that's really where I cut my teeth in and got all my union cards. And, you know, the great thing about Chicago, especially in the 90s and probably now, but at least for when I was there, there was so much opportunity to explore and play and learn. And, you know, it wasn't as much about acting class as it was just like doing show after show after show. And some of them were horrific but then we're still you were still learning i mean we did some super esoteric ridiculous stuff but it was it was great learning you bring up such an awesome point because um you know i'm 48 and i know when like when i was going deciding on a college when somebody went far away it was a big deal like like i'm not saying it's not a big deal now but it's not such a um it's not such a huge deal like right so so anyone that's going because we get on planes now like we get in the car you yes. know, at, at when I was going to school, like my parents put me, they didn't even come. They, I'm the third kid. They put me on the plane and they were like, bye. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, and, and I'm going kind of quick here and, and I want to say, okay. so, so what kind of kid were you? Are, are, are you the kid that is 
mesmerized by TV and, and, and um, anything acting, anything movies? Are you the kid that's playing in the backyard or are you all, all of the above? What, what kind of kid are you? Because I mean, I, mean I, think I think my parents and everybody else sat through a fair amount of my shows. Like my cousins, <laughs> my cousins still joke about like, oh my God, if we have to sit and watch her do Annie one more time, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> So yeah, I definitely there was a lot of shows, and what's funny is I have two kids now, and my daughter for and my daughter's a little bit following in my footsteps, but she she had these friends, and for her whole life, every time she would have plans with these friends, it would always finish up with a show, and I would sometimes <laughs> call the mom and say, I don't want to come in and see the show. I'm in the car. Tell her I can't wait. And <laughs> and, and you know what's beautiful about you, Julie, is that you. You kind of put your career on hold for a while to to raise a family, and you did so. I mean, I want to say single mom, but you're not a single. I mean, your husband, by nature of his work, was not in the picture. He was doing his thing. So you kind of not only put it on pause, you did it yourself. And I got to tell you, as as a 48 year old who just had, I have a girl, a baby girl that's going to be two years old in July, Um, and I know the effort it takes for two people to raise one child. Never mind what you did. Like, are you kidding me? And I'm consider- impressed that you were able to uh, dig that info out. Yeah, it was intense. So, so talk about that period. Like, it, was it a difficult decision? Because obviously, like, you've known you wanted to act, right? So, I mean, you talk about USC. You talk about all the wonderful things, you know, the pivots, all this great stuff. Was it a tough choice to make? Was it like, you know what? No, family precedes any of this. You know, it wasn't even, I don't think it was a cognizant choice. I mean, my husband was working in features at the time and features took him all over the world. I mean, there was definitely some moments that it was super intense, both as like single parenting, because it's single parenting with no like, okay, on Thursday, you get the kids. Like it was single parenting. That was it. Now, granted, it's not, I mean, come on. My my husband was working in features. He wasn't off to war. Right, right. I do remember I had auditioned for a play and I hadn't done a play in a long time. My kids were like, I don't know, six and eight at the time. And I was finally like, I think I could do a play. I think he could get, do the nighttime stuff. I could do a play. And I was really excited about this part. And that same day he came home and found out he was going to London and then New York for a year. And I had to turn down the play because it's just, it was, it, it wasn't cost efficient to do it. And they're like, they can't go from having two parents home to no parents home. Right. So, you know, I don't know if it was like a choice. It just was what it was. He had a big job ahead of him. And, and for the moment I had to stop and be like, this is what I do. And, and in the end, I, I'm okay with it because like someone had to do it. So I either was going to have to hire someone to do it or it was going to be me. So I, I made the choice. It's going to be me. And, and, and actually at that time I wasn't totally out of the game. I was doing commercials and I was doing a lot. Of right. Commercials. So right. I had enough to sort of keep my, my fingers wet. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, and, and it's just, I don't know. I just, now you look at your life, you're acting and, and you have a beautiful family. It's like you have now have the best of both worlds after, you know, going through that, which is not easy. Like I get it. Like you, I get you what you're saying. But now it's like now you have the best of both worlds. You have this wonderful family. You have this wonderful career. So in the end, or or, or during it now, yes. I mean, now I can look back and I will tell you something that the person who actually, she, I, I don't know if I've ever told her this. She said to, when I went in and actually auditioned for Saul, in the very first episode, 
um, Sharon Bialy brought me in and I hadn't seen her in years. And she came up to, she walked by me in the lobby and she goes, Julie, oh God, I'm so glad you're here. And she said, I haven't seen you in such a long time. I said, quite frankly, I, I kind of took a break for, you know, eight years while, while I had kids and my, my husband was traveling and I guess I'm back now. And she said, I, she looked at me and she said, it's the best decision you could have made. You didn't miss anything. I'm so right. glad you did that. And like, it was such a moment of someone validating everything that I did. I mean, I, you know, for her, it was a passing moment. It is stuck with me for so long because it, it kind of made it okay, which is, I wish I could say to every young actor, you're not missing anything. Go do your life, go do your life. Cause it's all going to be there. Right. And I, and I think about those actors that, you know, that, that have risked everything and, and, and listen, there's nothing wrong with that. Like you pursue your no, passion, no. But, 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 but we always hear about the person who put their last, you know, two t-shirts yeah. and shorts yeah. in a car, but we don't hear the, the, the other end of that story where it came out not as great as they wanted, yeah. where it was, you know, a difficult time. It was a rough patch, you know, but, but, but like, I don't know. The, the, your position and how things worked is is, is pretty awesome. Um, so there's a, there's a ton I want to ask you here. Um, I'll condense it for your sanity. Um, <laughs> so you know you, you talk about Better Call Saul, and I, I feel like when I'm watching you on screen, I'm like, how has outside of what we just talked about aside, how has she not been in more? Like you are so convincing and unbelievable on screen. Like there's actors I talk to, I get it. Like they're they're wonderful and they, they're kind enough to come on. I almost feel like it's like she should be in so much. Like you're so effective, you're so good in what you do. Like very sweet, thank you. I I, I will say the term badass Ooh, like as it applies to, to to Better Call Saul because we're getting to Better Call Saul. You're the only person in Better Call Saul that's actually like I think a good human being. Like as a <laughs> as a character, I'm not like shitting on the cast. No, 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 no. I know what your point. Yes, there's a strong, there's a very distinctive moral compass that you could follow. Yeah, like you and like Nacho's father and like maybe one other person. But yes, like yes. yeah, so so you know, I just um I don't know. I, I'm just I'm so happy I get to like absorb what you're doing now and like I'm so excited for what the future brings for you, you know? Yeah, I I, I hope so too. You know, it um I've been able to do a lot of interesting things and you know, this job in particular was such a gift and the people are so incredible and it's very exciting to realize there's there hopefully is more of that out there. So that's that's you know that's a great that's a great like world to to play in. Julie, how much research in AD Erickson? Like, what 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 did you want to know coming into that role? What did you want us to see as you took that role? What is what is something that you wanted us to process as you unveiled yourself? You know, as this character, what did you, what did you want the the viewer to see in you? Um, I guess that. I never wanted her to be the dupe. You know, she gets, mm. she gets played a lot, mm. but I don't want it to be, I never wanted her to, to be the stooge. Like she may be getting played, but she's also doing her own through line, mm. you know? And, and I think that makes it more fun for the audience. Cause she's like, she's, she's going for what she's going for. And then the audience finds the reveal and was like, Oh, I, you know, like the elevator scene is the perfect thing when you find out like how the whole thing played off. She's still ultimately getting what she needs. She right. just has to give in to him and do it his way. Right. I no, don't I, want her ever to be played. No, and I, and I think you've done that. And, and before I go on, I, I do want to show you this. I want to get your thoughts on this because for those 
listening on a podcast, I'm showing um, Julia graphic. You can you can see this on YouTube. Uh, it's a really sweet comment. Your your, your take on on this, uh, Julie, from Maria. Oh, that was nice of Ray. <laughs> I, I, I I would say that's 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 a pretty damn impressive. You know, I, would, I I need to uh, print that out and put it uh, as a billboard. <laughs> for, uh, for, for Ray to say that, wow, yeah. that's pretty good. Well, I think Ray is like I think Ray is is the Michael Jordan of of the game. I just I'm she's she's been such an incredible asset to me through this whole thing. And such a perplexing character because Kim makes me angry a lot. Yeah, because I, yes. I feel like, like, what are you doing? Like, yeah. I just feel like she is. I mean, as far as an actor, like, you're both fantastic, and the the way she and her relationships and, and she applies herself, like, you're wondering what is she doing? It's like, like I have why a daughter. I'm you, like, what? Why are you making that choice? You know, you should because she does have this incredible constitution. That that wants to do good and the right thing, and yet she she keeps turning. You know, I had an acting teacher in college say, "No, no evil character thinks they're being evil. They actually think they're doing the right thing." So all of her, the way she deals with Hamlin, she thinks she's doing the right thing. She thinks this is justice, but it kills you because you're like, "Oh my God, you have the power to be like." you know, the, the hero of the world, why are you choosing that? That's right. That's right. And it's, it's perplexing too, because Jimmy is like, and Jimmy, I have, I have a theory on how this all ends, but obviously you can't say anything. I, I, I think. I don't know. I only know the stuff that I know. I don't know the, I got you. Know the injury, like what you know. So, so tell me what you think of this. So, so great. So you don't know. So, so tell me what you think of this. I think that, um, what drives, uh, Jimmy Saul, to become the, what's the word I can use? The, the con man, the the over the top, just the guy will do anything yeah. for a dollar. Drives him to that next level. I think, I think Kim is toast in the in the second half, which I think starts July eleventh. Yeah. Uh, I, I think Kim's toast. I think that I think that Julie, I think her death drives Saul slash Jimmy to that next level where he's just like, you know what. F all of it. I'm I'm going, but that's my point. I I didn't read anything. That's nothing. I don't know anything, but that's, I mean, there's gotta be an inciting factor that, that just sends him to the edge, whether it's some sort of demise of Kim or the cartel just finally grabs his hands. And maybe Mike comes to him and says, here's what's possible. Either you do this and you'll become a very rich man or you're dead. Right. Right. No, that's, 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 yeah. And, 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 you know, and like I said, like you're one of a handful of characters. Like I feel like everybody else, especially what, what, what Kim and, and, and what Jimmy do that scares me most is they bring chaos with them. Yeah. And anybody who saw that the mid season finale saw what that chaos does. Yeah. Like it, it brings these innocent people who almost like have redeemed themselves and it brings them in their crosshairs. And, and, and I have to say though, one thing that really goes unsaid, I've watched a lot of your interviews. I've watched a lot of interviews with your castmates. Um, the cinematography on this show, yeah. how are more people not talking about how beautiful this show looks on television? I think people talk about it all the time. It's I not, hope. The thing about this show, it's not, it, it's funny, as, as highly regarded as it is, as highly regarded as all the actors and the writers and Vince and Peter, it doesn't have that, like, remember when True Blood hit 
and it yes. was like rose on people that <laughs> there's yes. something still almost erudite about this show and so the conversation is more in the corners by the fireplace than when you're standing at the bar getting a beer does that analogy make sense at all that makes a lot of sense to me i get it you know it and with this show like 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 so when i do interviews like names come up a lot julie right so it's like everyone that worked with tom hanks he's, he's a really great guy and it's not phony it's real or peter ferrelli he's a really good director he's a good guy green book you know good guy uh, Vince is kind of in that ballpark too. Everyone that works with him says he is the real deal. And I loved working with him. Julie, can you back me up on that? He is the best human. The fact that like, I mean, he's just the best human. He's such a good human being. Mm. Like aside from the fact that he's an incredible auteur, he's an incredible mind. He's a great writer. He's just such a good human being. Both, both he and Peter. And I, I think that's why, the cast and the crew and the tone of the set, like it, it starts from the top and right. they just, they just set a tone that like we, every single person there is there for a reason and matters, whether it's the PA who's interning to whoever's directing the episode, everybody has a place and they matter. And they really make sure that that is understood across the line. Yeah. That's really well said, you know, and, and I always feel like, you know, the show is well done. When I'm done with Better Call Saul, I feel like I've just suffered through a traumatic event. My, my, my palms are, are like sweaty. I'm like, I'm like, I, I need a second to compose myself here. And and I feel like, Julie, that it's 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 leaving at the right time. And I say that at, there's a show on TV, and I won't say its name because I'm not out to, to, to hurt anybody. But like, I feel like it's gone on too long. And I love this show. It's changed my life. It's a wonderful show, but it's gone on far too long. Yep. And kudos for Vince saying, you know what? I'm leaving my brand on a high name, yeah. uh, on a high note. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not going to just prolong this. Is Julie? Is there value in that? Right, as far for, as Vince. For sure, you never want to be the person who jumped the shark. Right? <laughs> as yeah. I said, Gary Marshall Theater. You yeah. Don't want to <laughs> yeah, and and it's you know when you look at your your character on your show and, and what she brings. Um, when you work with, and you've been asked this before, but I have to ask: when you work with people like. Um, uh, the actors that we've we've been talking about and and, and all these wonderful, I mean, we, we go I, I can go down a line, right? I mean, there's um, uh, Bob and, and and Michael Mando, Jonathan Banks, all these wonderful people. Yep. Did you learn as you go along with in a situation like that, right? Especially with like Bob Odenkirk. I mean, you talk about well respected. Like yep. Bob paid his dues. Like Bob was in a a shitty place for a long time, yep. and yeah. he, and he worked his way out of it. So. Do you learn when you're with a guy like that, who, who I have to believe is a very giving person, is a very kind person? That's so amazing. There's there's two things. One, when I first got on the show and realized that the actors rehearse themselves, like we text each other, can you get together tonight? Not with the director, not because it's set up. Like the actors rehearse themselves. Like it reminded me of being in Chicago and doing a play. Yeah, let's work through it. Let's figure out the beats. I'm not sure this makes sense. And the best thing is you have access to call the writer and say, I'm not sure. Can you explain this to me? Oh, got it. And so that already, like, you're already learning with each other because you're both in the trenches together. That's incredible. And I did an episode in season four that there was a little bit of a mishap. Um, <laughs> and... It was like this insane 12-page scene with all these moving pieces. And for whatever reason, I only got like seven pages of the script. So 
we get on the set and the director says, okay, let's just do a line through. And we're standing there and we get to the end of it. And he says, okay, no, 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 keep going. And I said, that's all I have. And he said, no, 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 there's five more pages. And of course, everyone in the room, like they're, you know, the color drains out of their faces. And I was like, I don't know what to tell you. I never got the script, which terrified me to no end. But, but Bob was there that day and he sat with me in another room and for 45 minutes to an hour and a half, we just, he just ran lines with me so that I could get off book. He's the lead of the show and an executive producer. He didn't have to do that. They could have had, they could have forced anybody else to do it. But he was there and he was like, not just helping me memorize, he was helping me craft the scene. That's how a big deal. How freaking awesome is that? Like for me yeah. to hear that, like I already, I already like you, I already like him. But when I hear that even, like it makes you even invest even more into these projects oh. moving forward. Um, is that common? So you've had a ton of experience as far as acting goes. Is that common for a cast to say, not Bob's situation so much as like, okay, hey, let's get together and read lines. Not common at no, all, yeah. No, I mean, I've never been as, as sort of intricately involved in a show. So maybe there are other shows that do it. It's just, but in my experience, uh, you normally kind of show up, do your stuff. You know, you chit chat around, but everyone kind of does their stuff, does, does their stuff. The director yeah. is sort of the helm and you're out. I think it's because everyone on this show cares. They just care so much. Everyone is so invested in making it be the best possible thing it can be. Yeah, that's so great to hear. Let yeah. me ask your, your take on on, on this, uh, Julie. Um, you know, we see terrible people in, in shows all the time. Walter White, obviously, in The Breaking Bad. Um, uh, Tony Soprano. Like, if these people existed in real life, we would hate them. Like, we would, like, absolutely hate them. Like, how do you, like, I had this argument with a friend as far as, like, redeemable like ozark is another show that has these characters that like you cheer for them but it's like like what they've done on screen is just yeah. absolutely terrible yeah so like what makes it like in your opinion like what is what is a villain i mean i feel like there's lines of gray now there it's not just black and white we're looking at gray like but by all definitions like if we found out with kim and jimmy were doing in real life like if they were playing this off in like real life we would hate these two like they're scamming people they're <laughs> Good, except think about like just where we are now in the world. And I'm not saying you in particular, or me in particular, but as a general rule, I feel people are far more out for themselves. So if they found out what mm. Kim and Jimmy were doing and then realized how it could benefit them, they'd be willing to maybe look the other way on some of the more vicious parts of it. Maybe. I mean, I, I just, I kind of think right now there's this, tone that is how does this benefit me yeah yeah no that, that that's really well said and, and and you know you know who else is is an actor on better call Saul that I, I feel like people should talk about more outside of your character is he was on the show before is ed bagley jr you talk about yeah. an actor's actor like this guy's all about like i've like he is somebody that pays it forward i i yes. feel like yeah uh, julie what experience have you had with Ed, and what are your thoughts on him if you haven't had a ton of experience? I, I never worked with him. I mean, I just yeah. know him from what I've watched him over low these many years. And he's, I think that was such an interesting choice in casting. I mean, I think the, all the casting choices, actually, we know them from different places. And to put them in this world and to see them resonate in this world is so interesting. It's so interesting because I certainly would have never put him in the show. It would never occur to me, but it's. I could now you can't think of anybody else. Right, right. No, that's such a great point. And, and and I almost feel like when you watch what Vince does, like his attention to detail is like 
Like he cares about every little thing. And it's like there is nothing left to chance. There is nothing, nothing left to chance. Down to the pen that you see on the table in season two, there is a reason. There is it may come back to you in season five. And, and Julie, here's where it comes. So as a, as as somebody who views these shows, when, when Breaking Bad ends, it sucks for me. Like I I want more. I want more. I want more. Like, and there's some shows I'm watching now that I'm just I I'm roller coastering it the way out. I, I just I'm I'm done. Like like I'm not yeah. gonna give up because it's too late in the game. I never feel that way about anything Vince does. You know? I agree with you, and I don't even know if Vince knows this, but I was recurring on a show he did in like. 20, I don't even know, 2016, 2017, called um, Battle Creek. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I loved Battle Creek. I was yeah. sad to go, but I loved those characters. I loved how he was building that show. I loved uh, that. Yeah, it, it, and a show that I wanted to ask you about um, that you you had a guest spot on and that I really, really like a lot. And I feel like it, I don't do much of the ABC, NBC, CBS anymore, um, but there is one show I do like a lot. It's, it's ABC, it's The Good Doctor. Um, yeah. So, so what are your thoughts on that and your experience on that? Like, I just feel like it's a show that, I don't know. I mean, underrated, right, Julie? A little bit? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, a network show is a network show. Their, their constraints are different. So you have to understand the medium you're working within. But I think what they've done, especially with the lead characters, they have given such humanity to someone who that's part of their DNA. And I think everything flows from that. I really, I appreciate so much how they never made him like a clown. Yeah, love it. He's allowed to experience every human emotion and go through what everyone goes through in his way. And the idea that we are totally different from one another, but but in that difference... We all have something spectacular to offer. Yes, yes. which is what that show does day yeah. in and day yeah. out. So, yes. absolutely. Um, last question. Um, so, I have to say, you, you grew up in a family. Uh, your brother is is a director, producer. He's done his, his fair share of things. I, I want to say your father has had, you know. So, what's it like growing up in a family like that? Do you feel like is there pressure there? Can you talk shop? Like, how's that work for so, you? Julie? I have one brother who's not. He's in real estate, uh, and. Even my kids sometimes, they're like, God, do we always have to talk about the industry? <laughs> There's no pressure, but it is, you know, we all, everyone has their thing. No one's special. I'll say that. Yeah. But, yeah. I mean, no one comes to the table and because you booked a job or you sold a show or you've got something in production, no, no one's special. But I don't know if that's a question of because we're all in it or, you know, it's a large, loud Jewish family. I'm not really sure. No <laughs> Um, you know, I have to say, you know, um, when, when it comes to um, kids, like I, oftentimes actors will say, you know what, my kids, they don't care. They're like, shut up, dad, or shut up, mom. Like, you know, they don't care. I don't know. How are your kids not impressed by what you've done? I'm sorry. Like, I, I'm, I'm, I want to call BS on that, Julie. Like, they got to be like, mom is up there kicking ass with them. Not the best so much. Actors. Sometimes I have, we have to literally force them down. Can you guys just come down and watch? It's 10 minutes. <laughs> but here's what's interesting. My son is 16, so a lot of his friends have started Breaking Bad and Better Call Saul, and now they're saying to him, oh my God, Graham, that's your mom. Your mom's on the show. So I think he's having a moment of like, oh, uh, oh, maybe maybe that's cool. But you know, he's 16 and I'm his mom, so there's nothing cool about me. 
Oh, there's a lot cool about you. Julie, <laughs> what, what, what is around the corner for you? What, what do you want to throw out there? Anything you want to add? I, I'd love to hear it. No, I'm I'm working on a family event show at the Gary Marshall Theater. So getting to go back to my, you know, theater roots and looking for, you know, something as, as fantastic as the journey I've been on. So we shall see. Oh, I, I am so excited. And Julie, I, I hope you come back because I, I'd love to talk acting in, in your future projects with you again. I'm so happy so for you, Julie. So fun. Thank you for listening to Derek Thomas and Monday Morning Critic Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, you can also connect with Monday Morning Critic on Instagram and Facebook, MDM Critic on Twitter, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever podcasts are found. All episodes available, www.mmcpodcast.com.